Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. You can open up your scriptures to Psalm 150, and then we're going to look at several passages today. I'm going to begin a series uh, called Use Your Words. How many of you have, um, have ever said to your child who was just crying and you could, you could not figure out, and I'm talking about a child old enough to, to talk, you couldn't figure out what was wrong with them, and so you look at them and say, use your words. I've heard Nikki do that with her kids before, and I'm sure we did it with our kids. Um, but there are those moments when you, 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 you want to help. You want to be able to do, help them in whatever the situation is, and yet they, they're not using their words, and so you really don't know what's going on. Today, I want to talk about the words of, of praise. Using our mouths to praise the Lord. It is the most powerful, probably the most powerful unused weapon in the, in the arsenal of the child of God and in the church. And praise has the ability, whether, whether you're praising the Lord in an individual uh, private moment, pers- very personal private moment, or you're praising Him in a corporate setting, Praise sets an atmosphere. Praise sets an atmosphere that dispels or pushes back darkness. I think about last week and um, the leading up to Easter, the enemy was trying to press in as much as he absolutely could um, to to hinder, distract, or interfere with uh, what God was going to do here, and not just here, but everywhere. You you would hear reports about different things happening in different areas leading up just the week before Easter. The enemy wants to distract. He doesn't want our focus to be on the Lord. And so as he does that, there's one thing that I have learned, and I learned this a long time ago, and I'll, I'll share this a little bit, but I learned that praise is, is, a, is a very powerful weapon to push back the enemy when he is trying to press in. And when we learn to praise the Lord, when the enemy is, is pushing in, when he is trying to come in and distract, when we begin to praise him, something, something happens that is supernatural. It's not a matter of just going through motions. There's something supernatural that happens when we begin to praise the Lord. And I really think that the enemy cannot stand it when God's people begin to praise the Lord. You'll find out in your own in your own life. You'll find out in a in a in a corporate setting when we begin to praise the Lord, the atmosphere changes. And I've learned I've learned you can kind of you can kind of go into a house, whether it's a, a home, whether it's someone's home, or whether you go into a house where people gather. You can you can go in and you can kind of sense if that is a pl- if, if it's a place where praise happens. 
because there's just this, it's just like when God inhabits the praise of his people, when, he, when we create a throne in praise and God comes and he sits in that, I realize that he indwells every single one of us and he's always in us and he set up a throne in our life. But when we begin to praise him together, it's like the, we set a throne right in the middle of the room and God inhabits that. He comes and he sits down in that. And there is, there's something tangible that happens. You can, I, I know leading up, um, leading up to Easter, actually the Saturday night before Easter, um, and I say Easter as if it was a long time ago. It was just last week, right? But you know what I'm saying. And I came in here on Saturday, and um, of course the enemy's attempt to distract had, had worked on me. And I hate it. I hate when that happens. I mean, I know it doesn't happen to anybody else. We're all, everybody else here, we, you nail it down every single time, get it right, right? But occasionally I mess up, and, and I had allowed something to to distract me. And I said, enough is enough. There was just a heaviness there. So I said, enough is enough. I told Carla, I said, do you feel safe being here uh, by yourself right now? I said, because I, I need to, I've got to go do something. Easter's coming. Easter's tomorrow. And she said, all the doors are locked. I feel completely safe. Um, I can, I've got my phone. I can call 911 if I need to. I can call a neighbor if I need to. Go, go. I came in here and just that, just, I really didn't even know what I was going to do. I was just going to walk in the door and just to say, okay, Lord, I, I feel, man, I just feel so weighted down. I walked in the door and immediately I just started bawling. I mean, just immediately. It was just like a like the Holy Spirit rushed over me in such a way that it washed out all of the fear. It washed out all of the despair. It washed out all of the heaviness that was there. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It just seemed to just wash it all out. And I and and I know I you know I, I don't tell all of this stuff, but I mean I cried here for a while just uncontrollably. It was just like it just it was a gusher. It was just gush, 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 gush. And I didn't do anything to do anything. It just happened, but I believe it happened because Harvest Community Church is beginning to be that place where when we walk in these doors, we we sincerely, not for show, but we sincerely praise his holy name and as we praise him it creates an atmosphere that begins to grab a hold of everything here and even when nobody's in the room and you walk in you just sense the leftover of that you ever you ever uh, been around somebody that worked at pals all day They don't come walking in the door. I can remember when Nikki, when Nikki was little, she would work, uh, little, well, when she was young, she, you know, still little, but when she was younger, in her teen years, she worked at Pals. And she would come in, and when she came in, you could, your, your mind immediately went to Pals, because you could smell Pals. Now, there, there were no hot dogs hanging off of her. There were no hamburgers. There was no presence of food but there was an aroma of the presence 
that she had been in the presence of hot dogs and hamburgers at Pals. You know what I'm talking about. I think with God's people, there's something that happens when we find ourselves getting into this place of praise, when we put on the garment of praise, when we, when we create through praise a place for God to come and inhabit, there is, a, there is an aroma that comes off of our own life, but there's an aroma that just grabs a hold of you when you walk in those doors. There's just a freedom that says we're just going to praise the Lord today. Now, I think sometimes with praise, the, the misunderstanding that God has to answer our prayer and we get what we want, then we praise him. But, but it's getting the order mixed up. Praise comes first. It's kind of like praise puts the wings on the answer that's coming our way. I found out, as I have learned more and more over the years about my, my, my personal identity in Christ, and that is, by, by that I mean who I am in the Lord and what I have. And if you're a child of God, you have the same thing that I have. We all have the same thing. We all have the same identity in Him. We all have the same blessings in Him. All spiritual blessings belong to us in Christ. And when, when you begin to think about that we already have those blessings, you'll find yourself praising him more than asking for things. I don't find myself asking for things a lot. Because a lot of the things I used to ask for I have discovered are already mine. He's already provided it for me in grace. So now what I do is spend more time praising him. God, I, I don't really ask for provision. I praise him for the provision that he is, all, has already given me and that he is bringing me. I don't really have to ask very much for things. And you don't, when we begin to discover that in, in our identity and in our inheritance in Jesus Christ, and our inheritance is not something that we're waiting to get later. Our inheritance in Jesus is what we have now and what we've been given in grace. And then we can begin to praise him for what he's already given us rather than having to always ask for it. It would be like... It would be like me getting with one of my kids and, and, and sitting in a car in the driveway and say, that car is yours. It's already yours. All you got to do is come get the keys, go out there and get in it and drive away. And then have my kids beg me every day, Dad, can I have that car? Can I have a car? I need, a, I need that car. Can I have that car? Uh, it's already yours. I need a car. Go, Daddy, I need a car. I need a car. I need, a, I need to take that girl out on a date. I need a car. Uh, okay. What am I going to do? I'm just going to stand there like this. I already give it to you, son. Already given you the car. You can beg and you can beg for weeks and months, but I've already given it to you. I just need you to just pick up the keys out of my hands, by faith receive what I have given you, and then just begin to praise for it. Does that make sense? 
It did for two of you. That's good. good. <laughs> Psalm 150. And, and uh, y'all are, are going to, I think, appreciate this. I have learned the last two, uh, the last two Sundays, I've only done like 10 and 15 minute messages. <sighs> I have no idea what that means. But maybe, you know how when you go on a diet and your stomach shrinks, it's hard to eat a lot? Maybe, just maybe, who knows? Since I, I shrunk it down, maybe today will only be like 35 or something. <laughs> Psalm, 50, Psalm 150. I love, I love this psalm, and, and we're just going to kind of uh, glean through some things, some passages today. Psalm 150, praise the Lord. That's pretty well. It's not, it's not a, hey, if you feel like it, praise him. See, I think here's where the enemy lies to us. I'm going to give you two things in just a minute, but, but I think here's where the enemy lies to us, and I can remember going through this, and that is, well, if I praise him right now, I mean, I don't feel like praising him, so if I praise him right now, I'd be a hypocrite. Has the devil ever used that on anybody but me? If I were to praise him now, I'd be a hypocrite. Let me tell you something. Pray, and the devil's a liar, and he knows, he knows, he knows better than that. He just doesn't want us to praise. So if he can get you convinced that you only praise God when you feel like it, the devil's going to make sure that you never feel like it. And so he's always coming at you trying to create despair and hopelessness and discouragement and anxiety and fear and worry, and which is where most Americans live their lives almost every day now. He said, praise the Lord, and it has nothing to do with my feelings or my emotions. Praise has to do with who he is. Now, I will tell you this, if, if God ever ceases to be worthy of your praise, then that's when, but I just don't feel worthy to praise him. It ain't about your worthiness, but you just don't know what I did. That's even more reason that you need to be praising him for his forgiveness and his love and his grace and his mercy. It ain't, it's, it's about his worthiness, not ours. Praise the Lord. Uh, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. That, that just means praise him everywhere. Praise him everywhere. Praise him for his acts of power. Anybody ever had the acts of, any acts of power of God in your life happen? You got a reason to praise him. Praise him for his, I love this, praise him for his surpassing greatness. Not only is he great, but he surpasses great, and he surpassed great in all of our lives at some point in time or another. He surpassed, surpassed greatness. When was the last time in your life he surpassed greatness? When was that time when you thought, I don't know how I'm going to even get put food on the table, and you had food on the table, I don't know how I'm going to pay bills, and you paid bills, and I don't know how I'm going to do this, and you did, I don't know how I'm ever going to face this, and you faced it, I don't know how I'm ever going to get through this, and yet you got through it. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp. Praise him with the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him 
with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's just, I mean, can you get the picture of the psalmist here? It's just like, he is just so completely in awe of God in everything that God has done and is doing and will do. His power, he's, he's in such awe that nothing but just praise is just coming out, just coming out of him. I love that psalm because there's a lot of instruments in that song, in that psalm. And it's not complete. That's just the instruments they had. It's no wonder the enemy fights so hard against music in the church. Some of the greatest battles in, in the church of the past, starts to say past decade, possibly past few, uh, have surrounded around music. I've, I've watched churches split over style of music. It's a sad, sad commentary to the condition of the body of Christ in our country. Or should I say to the church in our country, because I don't think much of the church is the body of Christ. I think there's a whole lot of the church today in America that is unregenerate, unborn again, never been saved, have adopted religion, and with re when you adopt religion, it becomes all about you. When you adopt religion, it becomes all about your performance, it becomes all about what you want, it becomes all about what you need. I don't like those chairs that way, it becomes all about... <laughs> Let me give you, I'm going to give you a couple things to take home. Um, number one, praise resets our focus. Praise resets our focus. Have you ever been in that place where, and, and just like I was uh, the week uh, or two leading up to Easter, my, my focus I had gotten off. I had gotten distracted. The enemy coming with his threats and, and whatever he tries to do, and so distraction happens. And when distraction happens, suddenly it's just like your focus gets off. And when your focus is off, there's, there's one way to refocus, and that is just to begin to praise him. Because when we begin to praise him, there's a spiritual thing that happens inside of us, and we praise him by using our words. Listen to this verse in Hebrews 13, 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice means you give it no matter what. You give it no matter how you feel. You give it no matter what you got. You give it whether it's going your way or it's not going your way. You give praise. It's a sacrifice of praise because he is worthy of it. But listen to what he says. The fruit of lips openly professing his name. Offer the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, praising him, praising him. You don't find in scripture when you begin to talk about praise, you really don't find where it says, think about praise. It's always use your words. Use your words. But I, I want to be in, a, in an attitude of praise. You can be in an attitude of praise in your heart, but praise is something that is done outwardly. You, you use your words to praise him, and that's where the power is at. If you're just praising him in your mind, 
There may be some benefit, but there is something powerful when we begin to speak. I think that's one of the reasons that he says when we, and, and, and so many times in Scripture, even connected to salvation, to confess his name. Use your words. Because there's something powerful when we begin to use our words to praise him. Our mind and our heart is refocused on who it is that we're walking with. All of a sudden, this, this enemy, this giant that has eclipsed our, our awesome God, now when we begin to praise him, our awesome God eclipses the fear and the giant that is out there. Does that make sense? He says, Psalm uh, 63, because... Your love is better than life. Have you, have you, are you walking in that place in your life where you just sense that his love is better than life? My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And your name, I will lift up my hands. The psalmist is in this place where he's, he's beginning to speak praise. He's using his words to praise the Lord. And as he uses his words to praise the Lord, the next thing that happens is his hands just go up in praise. Now, every time I say that, you always get people saying, but bud, do I have to raise my hands to praise? You don't have to get out of bed in the morning. It'll be a mess if you don't. You didn't have to come here this morning. You have control over your body. Praise starts in the heart. I've been around people who are very physically active in praise, but it was more of, look at me, I'm praising the Lord, than it was, I, loved you, I love you, Jesus, with all my heart and everything that's in me, and all of a sudden, they start loving the Lord, and they start thinking about what God's done for them, and all the things they've been forgiven of, and they start to think about how big God is in their life, and this could have been my story, but it is not my story, because God took my story, and changed it, and made my story his story, and what could have ended me didn't end me, and I'm still going. And, and what could have messed up my family didn't mess up my family. God's taken me through, and I'm still going. And all of a sudden, something just happens, and it's just like your arms just seem to go up. I, I... Okay, let's calm down here. Praise the Lord. This is Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his being. Forget not. It refocuses us when we begin to praise him, because when we begin to praise him, then it's just like all of his benefits begin to come, come back. Who forgives all of our sins and heals all of our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit and crowns us with love and compassion, who satisfies our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like eagles. Are you with me so far? It's, it's, it's not about, praise is not about a denomination. I think the time will come that we experience a great revival in this country. But I think what we look out and see today concerns us because we see 
so many people that are, we see a generation of younger people who are just saying, you know what? I don't know that your church is, your mom and daddy, I don't know that your church is what I want. And so we find them kind of experimenting. The beauty of it is there will be a generation that is going to come up that doesn't know what being a Baptist or a Pentecostal or a Methodist or a Presbyterian is. That generation will bring revival in. See, it's hard to have revival right now because, oh, the, I, I heard they're having revival over there, but let, the way they're doing it, that's not right. That's not Baptist, or no, that's not Pentecostal, or no, that's not Methodist. And so all of our little wars are about our own little boxes that we've stuffed God down in and said, don't you dare try to come out of there. But there's going to be a, there's going to be a generation that comes that says, I don't, I don't know what you mean by Baptist but I, I do know I love Jesus with all my heart. I, I don't know what you mean by Pentecostal, but I love Jesus with all my heart. I don't know what being a Methodist is, but one thing I do know, I love Jesus because he changed my life. And that is the moment that we begin to see a mighty move of God in our country. Is anybody tracking with me today? Look at um, 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Man, that's some big stuff right there, isn't it? God's special possession. How many of you, you ever feel like, you ever walk around and just say, man, I am, I am, I'm special. I'm a special possession. I am God's special possession. You can do that and not be prideful because he just told us that you are God's special possession. He's yours, his holy people, that you may, what's that word? Declare. How many of you know that to declare something, you have to speak it? Use your words. There's power in using your words. When the enemy comes at you, speak it. Speak your praise out loud. And when you're alone, get just as loud as you want to get. When you are in your moment, your prayer closet, or you're going throughout the day, I mean, there are times to get loud and there are times not to get loud. And I hope you understand that. Because some of you may completely misunderstand what I'm saying here. You walk into work tomorrow and you start screaming, praise the Lord, to the top of your lungs, you may not have a job real long. Yeah, but I lost my job for Jesus. Yeah, you could be in trouble next week, though. And don't you start blaming Jesus because you don't have money to pay your electric bill because you didn't have any wisdom to know when to get loud and when not to. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I'm trusting you with that one. <laughs> Number two, praise is a weapon against the enemy. Praise is a weapon against the enemy. And I'm going to close with this. How many of you remember back last summer? None of you do. I guarantee it. But you'll remember this part. You won't remember the sermon. But do you remember when I preached a message called It Ain't Over Yet? Yes. Seven of you. It ain't over yet. I preached that message. And that message came out of a, out of a, a section of scripture where 
Jehoshaphat is being in, in Judah. They're being seized by three, three armies, and those three armies coming together are so much bigger than Judah and Jehoshaphat that there was absolutely nothing they could do. And Jehoshaphat comes and begins to pray and ask the Lord, what do we do? Our eyes are on you, Lord. We're looking to you. We don't have the answer here. We're looking to you. And God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to set aside your guns at the moment. I want you to set aside your swords at the moment. Here's what I want you to do. Now, there are some back here that have them, but I want you to move the worship team up in front. I want you to take all of your army, and let's go ahead and have them back here, but I want you to bring the worship team up front, and I want you to begin to sing praises. And as you begin to praise, suddenly, as they, and I love this, listen to this passage, 2 Chronicles 20, 23, as they began to sing, as they began to sing, use your words in song, use your words in praise, as they began to sing, are you with me? And praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Listen, now keep going. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. And after they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped destroy one another. Here, all of a sudden, as they begin to praise the Lord, confusion in the enemy's camp took place. And the confusion ended up being that the people that were trying to destroy Judah, Judah meaning praise, that the people who were trying to stop Judah, suddenly Judah begins to do what Judah does and they begin to praise him. And as they begin to praise God, suddenly the enemy couldn't figure out who we for, who we against. We don't know what's going on. And the enemy began to attack each other. Mm. Let me stop with that. It's a weapon, man. It is a weapon. But it's not a foreign thing for a pastor to preach on praise. And even singing praise within the church. It's just a foreign thing sometimes to do it. Y'all come on out. Oh, you already are. It's just a foreign thing sometimes that we actually do it because religion has trained us to come and sit in a place and hear sermons without ever responding or doing anything with what we hear. Use your words. As we sing, if you will take that song and you will begin to sing that song and you will begin to attach your faith to that song, and you begin to praise him. I'm not saying that you need to get up and run around the building. I'm not even saying you need to get up here and dance. What I am saying is, is use your words. And when you begin to sing the words of the song, let it go deeper than just looking at words on a screen. Let the words get deep down inside. And when you take those words outside of here and you begin to sing and you begin to praise him, you're going to find that an atmosphere is going to be set. It's going to change everything. The enemy is defeated as we begin to praise. Father, we praise you. 
Lord, you're so worthy of praise and we give you praise right now. We lift up your name. We exalt you. We glorify you. We praise you now for your surpassing greatness. We exalt your name in Jesus' name. Let's stand and sing. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.